Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. Muraoneza tuwaikaze murguanda no kusenjuruguachu imana nurukundo. That is my friend Andrew welcoming you to Rwanda and to his church and also sharing in Kenya Rwanda the major message that we've been looking at in the book of 1 John, the message that God is love. And I want to welcome you to our look today at 1 John chapter 5, day 2. We're looking beginning in verse 6 today. And these verses that we're going to look at today are the testimony about Jesus Christ, what Jesus can do in our lives because of God's testimony about Jesus. In fact, these verses begin in verse 6 by telling us that there are three that testify. And they may surprise you, these three that testify. Let me read for you 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And the three are in agreement. Jesus Christ came by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that testifies, and so there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. Now, most of us, when we first read this, think, what is this about? This this three that testify. I understand the Holy Spirit testifying to the truth of who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit at Jesus' baptism came down like a dove. The Holy Spirit testified again and again to the truth of who Jesus is. But what is this about the water and the blood? Well, I want to remind you that Jesus Christ came into this world and he gave a testimony from the very beginning of who he is. And he gave a testimony at his baptism and he also gave a testimony at the cross. The water and the blood. At his baptism, the Spirit came down and you heard the Father saying, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. There was the testimony there in his baptism. And then at the cross, You also saw the testimony of Jesus Christ giving his life for us, but also the testimony of the heavens being darkened, the testimony of God's presence being there even when Jesus was at the cross. With both water and blood, we are reminded of the reality that Jesus Christ came into this world, the reality that he was baptized, that he died, and that he lived for us. And and I want to remind you, as we walk through this, that there was a group named the Gnostics that were false teachers in that day. And they were, they were proclaiming that the Spirit of Jesus Christ was only with Jesus Christ from his baptism and that he left before the cross, that he wouldn't go through. Jesus as God would not go through dying on the cross, that that was, too, that was too low a thing for God to face. And this is a reminder that it's the Spirit that testifies both at the baptism but also at the cross, also at the cross, that Jesus is the promised one from God. There are three that testify. The Spirit by water and by blood. And then he goes on to even strengthen this further. In verse 9, John says this, We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater, because it is the testimony of God which he has given about his Son. He's saying, in a court of law, we'll accept the testimony of a person. In that day, it took two or three witnesses to certify a testimony. In our day, we will often listen to just one witness as long as they take an oath. If we will accept the witness of a person, and and based upon that witness, we'll, we'll determine somebody's financial future. Based upon that witness, we will sometimes determine somebody's life or death John is writing and he's, and he's saying, if we'll accept a human being's testimony of what they've seen, why will we not accept God's testimony? God's testimony is that Jesus is the promised one from God. He's come from God. 
Anyone who believes, he's going to tell us, has this testimony in his heart. God shows us within. Anyone who does not believe is calling God a liar. And the testimony that he's talking about here is that God has given us eternal life. So the spirit and the water and the blood testify. So God himself testifies. Now all this talk about testifying, it, it, it gets John to a verdict. The verdict is, he who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life of God in him. Listen to what John says about this. This is where he sums it up in verses 10 to 12. These are some of the most, the most powerful verses in all of the Bible about the power of God through Jesus Christ, about the fact that Jesus Christ is the promised one from God. Verses 10 to 12. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe in God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Now, is that clear? Is that clear? It's almost as if he's setting these scriptures in a courtroom. And he's saying, let's, let's first have the charges read, read by a court clerk. And those charges are, everyone who believes is born of God. That is what he's out to prove here. All who love God are his children. That's what he's out to prove in this courtroom. And how do we know that we love? Because we obey. Obedience is the only proof of love. He's showing that in this courtroom. But what are the witnesses to this new life that God wants to give us in his son? John brings in the witnesses. He says the Spirit of God is a witness. The water, what you see happen at Jesus' baptism, that is a witness. The blood, the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life on a cross, that is a witness. If we will accept, he says, this witness of God, it is God's Spirit. It is God who spoke at his baptism. It is God who was with Jesus on the cross. And it is God in human flesh in Jesus Christ who came to this earth. If we will accept man's witnesses, why won't we accept God's? The testimony is so powerful, John does not want us to miss it. There are a lot of people who act today as if the truth about Jesus Christ is somehow subjective, something that, that even though it happened 2,000 years ago, we can pretend it isn't a fact of human history. It is a fact of human history. There is no doubt about that. If there's any fact in human history that's well established, it's that Jesus Christ walked this earth, it's that Jesus Christ died on a cross, and that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. By every account and measure of how history is deemed to be reliable, Jesus, is, Jesus lived and walked this earth. Jesus died. Jesus was resurrected. And that testimony comes from God. Those are the witnesses. So what's the verdict? John says, let's just think this through. God says, I want you to be my child. I want to be a part of your life every day of your life. I am your father. I want a relationship with you. And then John says, I want to let you know that Jesus Christ came to give you that relationship with God. And then John says this. The verdict is this. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life of God in him. Now, I know that this makes some people uncomfortable because it is just so cut and dried. But sometimes history is cut and dried. One thing happens in one place at one time, and you can't point to it happening at another time. In American history, the revolution happened at one time. Gettysburg happened at one time. And you can't pretend that those events did not have meaning, and you cannot pretend that those events did not happen, and you cannot pretend that those events somehow took place at another time. 
And John is writing and saying, in one place, at one time, God came into this world in Jesus Christ. And he came for a reason. He came to rescue you and me from our sin. And it is not judgmental. It is not putting anyone else down to say that that really happened. God really showed his love to us in Jesus Christ coming to this world and living his life. I have, I have studied in my life a lot of the different religions of the world. And I have found, if you do a close study of all the world religions, that the truth behind those religions is that I must do something, do some good work to make myself right before God. Whether it's following some eightfold path or following some commands, I am the one who makes myself right before God. But when you look at what the Bible has to say about Jesus Christ, it's entirely different. God is the one who makes me right before him because of what he's done in Jesus Christ. That is entirely different. That happened at one place at one time. And so that is why John is able to say, he who has the Son has the life. He who doesn't have the Son doesn't have the life. Now, the life that we're talking about here, I know you have some friends, maybe your own life, that you're concerned about. First, let's start with you. If you're not sure that you have this life in the Son, you can be sure right now. You can just say to Jesus Christ, I want the life that only you can give. I want to live the kind of life that you came to give me to live. I trust in you. I I believe in you. You may have already made that decision, and yet you have some friends, some people who have not yet made this decision, and you're concerned about them. You don't know when or if they're going to step over the line, and instead of trusting in themselves and ignoring God, trust in Jesus Christ. Well, one of the keys to them trusting in God is your prayers for them. It may take a year for that prayer to be answered, or 10, or 20, or even 30 years, but as you pray faithfully, God will hear that prayer for your friend and speak to their heart. I have no doubt about that. We're going to talk about God answering prayer as we continue our walk through John chapter 5, but today I want to pray together with you with faith for our friends who have not yet made this decision. And just say to God, God, you know who I'm thinking about. You know their need. And you know that he who has the Son has the life, and they don't have you yet, so they don't have the life, and I'm concerned about them. I'm concerned that they find the life that can be found in you, the abundant life on this earth and the eternal life in eternity. And so I pray for my friend right now. Help my friend to get to know you. Help my friend to stop holding you at arm's length, but to recognize how deeply you love them, what you did for them on the cross and dying for them, and what you did for them in the resurrection and wanting to give them new life. Lord, help my friend to see with new eyes, spiritual eyes, how deeply you love them and how deeply they can begin to love you. I pray for my friend in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to be looking at verses 13 to 18 and talking about the assurance of faith that God wants to give to you.